0: everybody, welcome back. Craig Shop here with Bob Garver, our New York City film critic. If Bob is here, we are talking movies, and it's been a while, Bob, and we've built up a little bit of a uh, roster here for you to review. We have, what, six movies or so, I believe? Seven. movies. Seven movies? Seven movies, including six that I've seen in the last five days. Wow, you've been on a roll. Uh, I know you're getting ready for Oscar season, and we'll be talking towards the end there about some of the Oscar contenders. But we will start with a couple of newer releases. The uh, first one, just in time maybe for the Super Bowl, is 80 for Brady. Bob, tell me a little bit about 80 for Brady. Okay, it's about a uh, set of four friends. Uh, Let's see if I can remember
1: these in alphabetical order. It's uh, Sally Field, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno and Lily Tomlin and um, the uh, four of them uh, go on an adventure to the Super Bowl. Yeah, an adventure to the Super Bowl to see Tom Brady because they're all big Tom Brady fans. And uh, they get into some uh, shenanigans down there. Uh, there's problems with the tickets. Uh, they enter a football throwing contest. They enter a spicy wings eating contest and they even have a uh, an effect on the outcome of the game. Wow, um, it's it's a it's a super cute movie. Um, you know, it re- relies on the chemistry of the four leads, which is which is good because they're all delightful here. Um, you know, it's it's a real c- crowd pleaser of a movie. Uh, I, I saw it with a really good crowd, and that always helps. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah, yeah we they, were, they, they were
1: cheering and awing throughout this movie. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the way to see this movie really is, is with a group. Maybe, um, maybe if the family is together, uh, you, you can all, you can all watch it together, uh, and, and enjoy it. Nobody's, I don't, I don't picture anybody hating this movie. Um, it's not, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be anybody's favorite, but, but I, I think everybody will have an okay time with it.
0: You know, were you surprised maybe that you uh, enjoyed this a little bit more than you thought? Or, I mean, not really. I mean, I I know all uh, all four leads sure. are
1: capable of bringing charisma to to these roles, and it's uh, it's definitely a definitely a light movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, I I knew it was I knew it was going to be an okay movie. I didn't think it was going to. Uh, I, I maybe didn't think it was going to do as well as it did. Uh, okay. But yeah. uh, it actually. Wound up selling more tickets than anything else uh, this past weekend. Um, the next movie we'll talk about actually made more money uh, because so many people paid for this movie with uh, with matinee and senior discounts. Right. Um, right. I saw it um, at a matinee myself. Didn't need the senior discount. But, what uh, uh, What's
0: your final grade here for eighty for Brady? B B minus. Okay. Liked it. Sort of a pleasant surprise to start the year off. Yep. Okay. Well, um, you know, as you said, Knock at the Cabin was the box office winner. Not a huge box office weekend uh, with $14 million in change winning, leading the way there. Knock at the Cabin, of course, is the the latest from probably one of the most, uh, you know, up and down filmmakers we've had in, in this, you know, last 30 years or so. M. Night Shyamalan Of course, you know, he's done The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, um, but then he's also done some, you know, The Last Airbender. He's done After Earth, Lady in the Water. Uh, There's a a list of of really not so good movies. So I ask you, Bob, is Knock at the Cabin a, a, a little bit better Shyamalan or is it kind of in that same he needs to maybe stick to TV or do something different?
1: Well, it's not the disaster that Last Airbender was, but it's, it's not one of his better ones. Um, mm. even, even something like Glass, I would say, might be, might be better than this movie, but uh, it's about a uh, group of four kidnappers that kidnap a family of yeah. three at this, uh, well, titular cabin, and um, they tell the, the family of three that if they don't willingly sacrifice one of their own members... Uh, the world will end that everybody else will be consumed by the apocalypse
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's based on a book, and I think it it probably worked better as a book uh because the reader can stop and you know think about how they would react in in this situation giving the given the information at hand uh you know, but the movie can only go in in one direction, it's actually a pretty boring direction. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, especially given if, if you've seen the second trailer, which gives a lot away, uh, there's there's not a lot uh that's surprising here. Um I've never really bought into M. Night Shyamalan's reputation as this master of twists.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah.
1: I I thought that everything about this movie followed some sort of some sort of train of logic. Um which which made it surprisingly boring.
0: Yeah, you know one of the issues I have I've had recently with Shyamalan, and and primarily last it was two years ago with Old, the movie where people go to this vacation destination and begin to rapidly age. Not sure if you saw it, but it was it was kind of one of those those movies where it's an interesting premise, and the execution just isn't there. And I think primarily it's it's a execution issue on Shyamalan's part and I and I've got I've getting this sense now especially recently with Shyamalan that a lot of his movies might be better off in the hands of other directors and I think that's a bad omen for a director when you can say oh well if another director had taken this project on it it probably would have been better and this sounds a little bit like that where maybe it's an intriguing premise but You know, maybe a more skilled director could bring more out of the book or bring more into this movie to make it more interesting. And like you said, maybe a little bit less, you know, procedural in in nature as opposed to maybe twisting it up a little bit, maybe, you know, shooting it differently, whatever it may be. And I, I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of Shyamalan recently is it just seems like and that's kind of a bad thing. Like, you, you never want to be an actor saying, Oh, well, if another actor was, could you imagine if that actor had played that role? To me, that's like the, the same thing where could you imagine if another director, a more skilled or more, you know, in tune director, might have taken on a project? I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know if you saw old or if you've. Oh,
1: I, I, I saw old. Yeah.
0: What What did you think? I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but what did you think about old? I didn't. I didn't think it was better. I think it had a lot of the flaws that that you're talking about. But at least that
1: one had the decency to be crazy. <laughs> right. You know, you never you you didn't forget old, um, but Knock at the Cabin's pretty forgettable.
0: Yeah, and I think with old too, I, I kind of just was enamored with how poorly it was shot. And I know you were you're trying to rapidly age these people to where they're going from essentially a toddler to a teenager over the course of like one scene and and that made could have made it difficult for you to shoot but the way he shot some of the sequences just it looked like he didn't know what to do so he's like well let's just shoot their shoulders and their voices changing and then you know at the end of it we'll see a different person lying there and it just it didn't make sense it was just poorly executed and and it was it was interesting. It was an interesting premise, which is why I kind of wanted that movie to be a little bit better. And it kind of sounds like this is you know more of the same from Shyamalan. Although I've heard really good things about his Apple TV Plus servant, you know his uh, show that he's done now three seasons worth. So maybe maybe he's better off in TV where he can slow burn things and and let things develop at a little faster, you know, a, a little longer pace as opposed to hour and a half movies or in this case hour and 40 minute movies. Uh right, well this movie does um
1: uh, it it also has some some weird uh, uh cinematography decisions. Um especially when it comes to close-ups. There are a lot of super awkward close-ups in this movie uh that uh, that are off putting. Um are, are you saying that you would maybe prefer that he um stick to writing because he is a he is a writer director
0: i don't i don't know that i would say that because i i think it's also you know he he might he might be a little bit better writer than a director at this point in his career although i'm not sure if the writing is that much better to where he could you know just write a bunch of you know things for better directors to direct but you know, it, it it seems like this might be a little bit less like you would expect from Shyamalan, where he could put some twists out there and, and things like that. And and it doesn't seem like he's really—I don't know if I want to say lazy about his writing now. But you know, the way you described "Knock at the Cabin" is that it's not really all that of a much of a twist or you know that classic Shyamalan "I'm gonna get you" kind of thing. So I I just kind of wonder if, you know, maybe he's better off, you know, working on TV projects and, you know, being able to say I have more time to do things and I don't have to rush to an ending. I can build stories out. Maybe that's his niche. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it is. What's your uh, final grade for Knock at the Cabin? C-. minus. All right. Well, next up, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about the uh, Indian cinema. This is, I, I think, it's, is it called Pathan or I'm not Patan. sure. But... Pathan, okay. Tell us a little bit about this movie.
1: Uh, it's about a uh, an Indian secret agent that um, has been missing for two years and has uh, recently resurfaced because a, uh, a an arch enemy has resurfaced with uh, with a virus that's ta- um, capable of taking out a major city. In this case, Delhi um and it's uh, basically like a mission impossible movie
0: okay
1: uh, with uh, with an indian twist
0: okay um i'm i'm assuming you know some interesting action or cinematography anything uh, stand yes. out about this
1: one yes there is some there are some crazy sequences uh, there's a helicopter chase in a, in a big warehouse um there's a uh, fight on a highway there's a fight on a frozen lake um really great uh, heist sequence around the midway point Uh, involving a a, a skyscraper I believe um, I believe Mission Impossible 4 uh, had a Mm -hmm. a similar skyscraper uh, sequence Uh, and of course the uh, virus well I I won't say of course but the the virus storyline seems uh, awfully familiar to uh, those who saw Mission Impossible 2 right but uh, but yeah it's it's an exciting movie I, I did not see the uh, popular Indian action movie uh, RRR last year. Right. Uh, but I understand that uh, it was, it was a big hit for um, that, re- that really uh, brings India into the, uh, the action movie market. Sure. Uh, even for American audiences, and this one uh, certainly continues that trend. It made, I think, like $6 million uh, American its opening weekend.
0: Okay. And uh okay. yeah, it's,
1: it's just a uh, really fun movie.
0: What's your uh, final grade? B. All right, fantastic. Well, we've got uh four more left. We've got uh Oscar season upon us. There are 10 best picture nominees and uh we are going to be talking about some of those. Women Talking is our is our next movie. This is one of those, you know, sort of end of the year awards darlings that uh, was snuck in there and uh Didn't really score a ton of nominations, but it did sneak into the best picture category um, among its two Oscar nominations. Uh, Tell me a little bit about Women Talking. Uh, Women Talking is about a um,
1: a group of Mennonite women in Bolivia uh, that uh, get together and debate uh, how to handle a uh, series of, uh, of assaults and attacks. Uh, that they've recently suffered, um, they know who who did it, and the person has been arrested. Um, but they he'll be out on bail soon, and they uh, discuss uh, what to do about what what ha- what they'll do when this uh, individual is released. Okay. And um, um, it's, yeah, it's basically should they should they stay and rebel or should they just pack up and leave this uh, this Mennonite community.
0: Overall, anything kind of stand out? I mean, obviously, this was probably more of a performance-based movie, a, a well-written movie. It's it's nominated for adapted screenplay. Um, overall, anything kind of stand out for you? Um, you know,
1: not much of a vi- visual spectacle. Very dialogue-heavy. Um, some some passionate opinions in there, um, and obviously some some very heavy themes uh not a very enjoyable movie but i think a very important one because it's based sure. on a real life incident uh, and these uh, women certainly deserve to, ha- to have their voices heard uh, if anything resembling this
0: actually happened yeah uh what's your uh, final grade for women talking
1: um i'm going to give it a a b minus uh even though it is it is not an enjoyable movie by any stretch okay
0: well, our next one is uh, a movie that I was excited to see over the uh, the course of the fall. Uh, Todd Field, who uh, I guess is on the uh, once every fifteen years directors uh, list here, although he's a fantastic director. If you have ever seen Little Children, I love that movie. I love uh, it too. He's back here with Tar, working with Kate Blanchett, which is always a great combination. Uh, this is a is an interesting movie because it, I, I think most people thought this movie was about a real person. Called Lydia Tar or named Lydia Tar, and that's not true. This is a made-up character. And uh, tell us a little bit about this film. Kate uh, Blanchett plays
1: plays this uh, Lydia Tar. She's basically the greatest composer in the world, and um, her her career and life uh, fall apart after a series of accusations uh, of uh, sexual misconduct uh, towards. Um, Towards people that she uh, may have groomed, uh, exchanging uh, sexual favors for uh, for career advancement. Sure.
0: Well, obviously, it's sort of a timely film with given you know given some of the things that we've seen uh, recently, especially in Hollywood. Um, you know, obviously, this is an actress you know an actress's movie. You know, Kate Blanchett nominated for Best Actress, and she is going uh, to win, right? And that's that's yeah the the overriding thought here um certainly it's it's nominated for best picture todd field gets a direction and screenplay uh cinematography film editing as well um does this deserve the oscar hype does tar uh, you know is this a worthy follow up for todd field um
1: i'm not sure if it deserves um so much as as far i don't know if it deserves the the director nomination um but Kay but Blanchett, I really hate how great she is here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, I, if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, um, you know, good thing that he found this composer that can make the transition to acting so flawlessly because, right. because she comes off like a composer she, so well throughout the entire movie. You know, there's there's not a moment where you don't believe that she is this character. That she spent her lifetime devoting herself to this subject matter right
0: what's your uh, final grade for uh for
1: tar um i'm giving it a c um overall it doesn't work especially um in later scenes where it relies on uh where it relies on action but uh but the blanchett performance is just so amazing yeah
0: okay well our next one is another oscar nominee this is uh, triangle of sadness another uh, best picture nominee also gets a screenplay and directing nomination uh tell me a little bit about triangle of sadness uh it's about uh rich people that uh, have rich people Mm -hmm. problems
1: and they go on this cruise where they you know squabble about small matters but uh but then the um then they find themselves in a in an unexpected situation where they wind up uh, shipwrecked on a deserted island, or at least they think it's a deserted island. And okay. uh, and the pendulum shifts because the uh, the staff of the cruise ship uh, is adept at surviving on the island, and the rich people aren't. So there's a, uh, a shift in uh, in the power dynamic. Um, from from the rich to the poor, sure.
0: Well, and I'm sure there's a, a lot of I would imagine darker comedy coming out of this, or is it like sort of played? Yeah, for it's, that? A, it's
1: a dark, it's a dark comedy, uh, but it's um, really dry, really slow. Uh, I was ready for the movie to be over uh, before the the shipwreck even takes place. Okay. So, uh, yeah.
0: is this a, a a best picture worthy film? I mean, what's your final grade here for? No, this to
1: one, to... I, this one, I do not believe is is. Best picture worthy, even though the, those last two movies I would not watch again for pleasure. I at least understand why what they're doing in the Oscar race. This one I have no idea what what it's doing in the Oscar race. Um,
0: okay.
1: I, I think that uh, that the menu uh, and even Glass Onion, with similar subject matter, sure. uh, would have done much better in this uh, in, in this spot, so to speak, in the Best Picture race. But this one wasn't doing it for me.
0: Okay. Uh, what's your final grade for Triangle of Sadness? D. Okay. Well, in our our last movie, now this is not, not necessarily a big surprise because of the subject matter and sort of uh, you know taking its name for from an, a former Oscar winner itself, but uh, All Quiet on the Western Front sort of uh, came out of nowhere, I think, in some people's minds, being a you know more than just the best international film, obviously based out of Germany. Uh, but it's scored several nominations um best motion picture obviously visual effects um, a screenplay as well cinematography probably f- you figured but um you know does this uh, little german film that could here coming from netflix uh earn its right among the oscar elite this year uh yeah it's definitely a a visual spectacle
1: um on par with something like a 1917 sure. Which we uh, which we saw a few years ago, and it um, you know did did very well for itself. Um, I'm surprised this one went directly to streaming. This uh, sure. this would have made for a pretty exciting theatrical experience, and uh, and that uh, it's the only I believe it's the only Best Picture nominee to go directly to streaming this year. Um, and it would it would have played well in theaters. It's uh, you know compelling compelling story, but it doesn't play well. Um, at least on on a screen on a TV as small as mine, um, so I couldn't I couldn't enjoy it in the way I think it was intended.
0: Okay, uh, you know. So overall, you know, does this obviously a, a good a beautiful looking film as you probably would expect? Most war films are are pretty well shot and you know and and capture your 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 images on screen very well um anything else stand out about this performances i mean does this deserve a lot of that oscar love like adapted screenplay and uh just all that kind of hype that it's gotten um i see i see why it's
1: getting the oscar love that it is i believe it would be the first time that both if if by hook or crook it wins best picture i believe it would be the first time uh i uh, both the movie and its remake uh win best picture um so that's you know an interesting possibility but uh, other than that, it's just a uh, just just a just a very labored. Uh, you, you see the effort there on screen, even if you, even if it's not the most uh, compelling story.
0: Okay. Although Overall, it doesn't yeah. toward the end. Yeah. Overall, what's your uh, final grade for uh, All Quiet on the Western Front?
1: I uh, can't, can't do better than a B minus. Maybe if I maybe if I'd seen it on the big screen, I could go
0: as high as a B. Okay. All right, fantastic. Well, Bob, uh, what, uh, what do you have coming up on the horizon? Um, because
1: there's only one movie next week with Magic Mike's Last Dance, which I don't see setting the world on fire, um, we probably won't need to do a show next week. But the week after that is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, the new oh. MCU movie, yeah. and uh, that will warrant a show.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, Bob, thanks for uh, stopping by as always. We appreciate your time and we will see you next time talking more movies. Thank you for having me. This is the highlight of my week.
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley.
0: Hey, Jennifer. You know I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you.